All personnel debriefing reports have been filed. They will be reviewed and forwarded no later than 0830 hours. Excellent, Commander. Mr. Metricon. Engineering reports are still being submitted, but early reviews indicate no lasting effects from the Benthen radiation cloud shipwise. All systems fully operational. Security reports are reviewed and submitted as well, sir. All personnel have been advised of our latest mission security status. If I may interject. Of course, sir. I would like to request refresher training on operational security level clearance for all Prioritas personnel. It should alleviate any confusion on the subject. Approved. Let's keep it light, though. The crew hasn't done anything wrong. Quite the contrary. This is just a reminder. Understood, sir. Doctor? Prioritas staff and crew have not exhibited any short-term effects from the radiation, but I'd like to order mandatory weekly evals to monitor for long-term problems. We can't rule out an incubation period just yet. Some or all of the crew may be asymptomatic, though I believe the likelihood is minimal. And morale? It's high, Captain. It was exciting, it was meaningful, and they did well. You haven't let them forget the latter. Excellent. A few things before we dismiss. Commander Metricon, thank you for taking on engineering reports. Be sure to lean on Lieutenant Cobb in the interim. He's capable enough. And frankly, I'm interested to see how he performs under added pressure. Aye, Captain. An update on our mission. Starfleet has the prisoner under its protection and has already reached out to the Benthing Guard. Things may be tense with them for a little while, but as information starts getting filtered their way, it should ease up. Any word from the Republic? They are, and I quote, appalled by the acts of one Romulan and are confident that the goodwill we have fostered in both our Alpha and Delta Quadrant allies will see all parties through this trying time. Fascinating. Indeed. I'm proud of you, all of you. Great work all around. Commendations have been placed in all of your files. Alone, we can do so little. Together, we can do so much. Dismissed. This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our Patreon supporter, Mizugai. We thank him and all our other patrons for their monthly support. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. You're listening to episode 205 of Priority One Podcast, the premier Star Trek online podcast recorded on Thursday, January 15th, 2015, and available for download or streaming on Monday, January 19th, 2015 at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Cookie. I'm Jace. And I'm Elijah. What do we have in store this week, Elijah? Well, Cookie, this week we trek out the three rules of robotics. 
Or at least that's what one organization is trying to uphold. And in Star Trek Online news this week, more dev blogs have been released regarding the new features coming to the game with the anniversary event. For starters, we have a new Command Primary Specialization, Command Bridge Officers, and some story-driven content, in addition to some quality-of-life improvements that are aimed to ease switching between ships. Then, of course, before wrapping up the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Our Patreon page is still going strong. As of right now, we have 18 patrons, and they're donating a total of $246 per month. That is amazing. But what is this Patreon to which we keep referring? Patreon, like other crowdfunding sites, is designed to give fans of a project the opportunity to support creators like us. But instead of just a one-time donation, Patreon allows you to contribute monthly to your creation of choice. Now... Priority One Podcast is never going to paygate the Monday episodes, nor will we ever paygate our back catalog. However, if you think you would much rather listen to a raw, unedited copy of our live broadcast, we have a donation tier for you. Or maybe you'd like unique Priority One wallpapers? Or maybe you simply want to support the show. We have an option for just about everything. So check us out on patreon.com forward slash priority one and consider supporting Priority One Podcast on a monthly recurring basis. Even if you haven't donated or simply cannot, you can still show your support by dialoguing with us. Your comments, questions, tweets, Facebook messages, in-game chats, they lift our spirits when we get to engage with you. So even if you're a long-time listener, share your thoughts with us on iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, in-game, however you can reach us. And don't forget that you can actually leave us a voicemail. We actually have a voicemail feedback message that we'll get to later on in the show. And we encourage you all to participate through that by just clicking the Speak Pipe widget on PriorityOnePodcast.com. Speaking of engaging, if you have a special skill or interest that you'd like to contribute to the production of Priority One Podcast, then reach out to us via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com, or you can just visit the website and just click on that Red Shirt Uncle Sam widget. And if you're looking for a group to play Star Trek online with, then who better? than the Priority One fleet. Join the weekly alerts for some community fun hosted on our Twitch.tv channel by Airborne of the Priority One fleet. We're going live again with the recordings of our episodes, Admiral, so keep an eye on our social media platforms for showtimes. Now, let's check out an attempt to save humanity from AI. I don't know. Then let's check it out. That's it! We're doomed! We've advanced so far that scientists find it prudent to start establishing the three rules of robotics. What am I talking about, you ask? Yes, what are you talking about? Well, there's no doubt that technology is developing at an astonishing rate. Just four years ago, I never would have imagined being able to talk into my phone and find answers to whatever burning question I had in the moment. Technology helps some people walk and talk. Vacuums clean your house automatically. Cars drive themselves. Cats live with dogs. The end is nigh. All right, maybe we have a few years ahead of us before Terminators start knocking on our doors or humans are turned into nothing but copper top batteries to power the machine city and the Matrix. But time hasn't stopped Stephen Hawking from reigniting the great debate about artificial intelligence. In an open letter by the Future of Life Institute, an organization that is focusing on the potential risks from the development of human-level artificial intelligence, they propose that the leading scientific minds of 
AI, stay cautious and ensure intelligent machines don't grow up too fast and enslave us. An excerpt from the letter reads, We recommend expanded research aimed at ensuring that increasingly capable artificial intelligence systems are robust and beneficial. Our AI systems must do what we want them to do. And several researchers have signed it already, including Elon Musk of SpaceX and Tesla Motors, Stephen Hawking, the IBM team behind the Watson supercomputer, you know, the one that beats all the Jeopardy contestants, and several Google and MIT researchers. So what do you think? Here's our first community question for this week. Should artificial intelligence research be internationally regulated? Should we trust the Frankensteins and Daniel Greystones to make sure AI is programmed to obey its flesh and blood masters? Let us know in the comment section for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO205 or in the post for this episode on the official Star Trek online forums. It's a pretty interesting subject. There's actually a nonprofit organization called the Machine Intelligence Research Institute, a.k.a. MIRI, that was uh, established particularly to take care of, to research safety issues related to strong AI. Their concept for a good AI, they call friendly AI, which would be something that could actually have a positive beneficial effect on the future of humanity rather than causing these sort of threats you talk about. I'll give a link for that so that we can put it in the show notes also. The interesting thing is that no matter what, there's always going to be somebody to develop something that will. Like, I, I, all I can think about is the, the Animatrix film mm-hmm. where you see the story of the, the one robot that just lost its nuts and bolts uh, and killed somebody. I, you know, like, I think no matter what, I'm a, especially if we wait, go wait, this wait, road what? where. Wait, Are you talking about it in a movie or in real life? No, in a movie. Okay, okay. It was in, a, in the Animatrix, Second Renaissance. There is an, an AI robot that kills its master. And so, you know, it, it, it spirals into this whole social, oh, is it alive? Is it not? And, and so I think I, I'm, almost, I'm almost afraid that if we plan like this, it, it's, it's almost like setting us up for that kind of failure, that kind of environment. That I've kind of never issue. been worried about this happening in real life. I'll be honest. I don't know. It's never been a concern for me. But well, it's nice to know but, we're planning ahead. If but it, if Cookie, it you would be accepted by them because probably when the robots uh, come to power, your Bebop will be like their universal greeting. Yeah. So you'll be like their favorite pet. Like, oh, it's so cute. She speaks a little machine language. Do it. Do it. Bebop. Bebop. And they'll be like, oh, so cute. Just to entertain us. Yeah, they'll be like, oh, so cute. Give her a human treat. Have some people chow. Have you discovered something that you think the rest of our listeners would enjoy hearing about? A new advancement in science or tech that you would like us to cover? Then send it over to us via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. And let's find out what happened this week in Star Trek Online. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. And just when we thought... The loadout system was stable. They go and introduce something new that's probably going to break it again. (laughs) I kid, I kid. Well, sort of, I kid. In a blog this week, the Star Trek Online team announced the introduction of a new quality of life system that will, in theory, make it easier for captains to automatically equip new ships. In other words, you get a new ship, you click 
ready ship, and the gear from your previous ship, your existing ship, is supposed to automatically be fitted onto the new one, so long as the item is allowed to be on the ship. Everything on the old ship will shadow automatically, but will auto-equip should you decide to switch back. Now, this won't work on existing ships that you've already toyed with, only new ships moving forward once the feature is made available on holodeck. So, on paper, this is really nice. I like the idea. But I swear, I may cry. No, 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 no. I will weep (laughs) if suddenly my loadouts stop working again. Now, I remember this being a, a feature request, a big one, when the loadout system was first introduced. But you know what? I don't really jump into new ships all that often. And I don't know that I really, like, want this. You know, like, as a quality of life thing. Especially especially that it only works for new ships. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I would rather have seen your captain traits have been added to the loadout before something like this. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. I'm definitely more interested in seeing stuff like traits or some of the newer features being added to loadouts. Like, what spec trees you want. So that if you go to ground, you could switch to commando. Or when you go to space, you could switch to pilot. Stuff like that. But I think this is probably geared more towards newer or less experienced players. So when they get a new ship, they can just, hey, new ship, and all their gear transfers over. I think if it doesn't hurt anything, that's great. This is going to be a new segment like the Nerf Tonic segment. It's going to be <laughs> loadouts are us. No, I think this is good. I Because that's the first thing I do. I discard everything. Well, I'd, I would have to discard it regardless of whether it was in my inventory or on my ship, though. Yeah, but you've been, you had been in that Jem'Hadar heavy escort carrier for, like, over a year. Yeah, but it's not hurting anything to have this change. It's not hurting anything. Well, that's what we hoped. It's making it a little bit easier. So, Cookie, we have an anniversary personal log that was just published. In a personal log posted on January 13th, we read about an eerie situation where what appears to be Harry Kim is going through a DNA transformation in a stasis chamber supervised by a Kobali that seems to know him quite well. Now, I'm going to speculate here, and for most of you that have seen Voyager, this may be obvious, but... If you want to be surprised, then let me preface this with a spoiler warning. Spoiler warning! Spoiler warning! Spoiler warning! Spoiler warning! If you watch the Voyager episode Ashes to Ashes, you meet Jetlia, a Kobali runaway trying to find her way back to Voyager. She turned out to be Ensign Lindsay Ballard, who died on an away mission three years earlier. Voyager sent her remains into space, which then got salvaged by the Kobali. They procreate by reanimating corpses of other races, by the way. So they transformed her into their own, but she remembered her past and escaped to find Voyager. After an unsuccessful attempt to acclimate into her old life, she returned to the Kobali. Now, what does that have to do with Harry Kim? Well, if you watch the Voyager episode Deadlock, Voyager is duplicated by a spatial scission, One version of the ship is heavily damaged, along with the death of Harry Kim, who is blown out into space. The other version of the ship is unaffected and in good condition. Both Voyagers work together to try to solve the issue, but after the unaffected ship was attacked and taken over by the Vidians, those are the nasty aliens who harvest organs, they decide to send Harry Kim back to the damaged Voyager before they self-destruct it. So... The Voyager that was left 
ended up getting an exact duplicate of Ensign Kim as a replacement, although they never did recover the other body. So, that brings us to the game. And this is one last spoiler warning to those who have not done the Ground Kobali content. Spoiler warning! Spoiler warning! Spoiler warning! Spoiler warning! At the very end of the Ground Kobali missions, there is a cutscene that first shows Captain Harry Kim wrapping up the mission, but then the camera pans to an upper level and you see Ensign Kim in his original Voyager uniform in a stasis chamber and a female voice says, Don't worry, Harry. I'll take good care of you. So, based on the Voyager episodes, combined with the cutscene and now the personal log that just came out, my guess is that the Kobali found Harry Kim's body drifting in space, and that girl who used to be on the ship with him, Ensign Lindsay Ballard, now known as Jetlaya, is making sure the transformation goes smoothly. So let me get this straight. Poor Ensign Harry Kim, an ensign for seven years. He finally gets to be a captain in Star Trek Online. And he finally gets a girl. However, he can't have them both at once. It has to be dead Ensign Kim who gets a girl. And Captain Kim who gets to be captain. <laughs> this guy is the sad sack of the Star Trek universe. Oh. I salute you, Ensign Harry Kim. Yep. My question is... How long had he had been drifting into space before they found his body? And do they not? I mean, does it not decompose at all, or what? I mean, no, it doesn't decompose because it's preserved in the vacuum of space. But okay, something had to have affected that body. I mean, there's just no way that a body floating in space for what are we? Fifty years after Nemesis? Is it when? Uh, I'm sorry, Star Trek Online is thirty years after Nemesis, right? Yeah, approximately. So you know, approximately thirty years, maybe twenty something. This body was floating in space. So, what? So, that's a really nice RP introduction into why we're going to hear more of Garrett Wong's voice in Star Trek Online. Why don't we move on to new features like the command specialization? Jace. So, with the anniversary event, for the fifth anniversary of Star Trek Online, we are also going to be getting a new primary specialization. So you'll be able to choose between Intel and Command for your Admiral as your primary spec. So the passive benefit of this specialization will be a scaling 5% to 15% to your maximum health and hull capacity. And you will also be able to unlock a Starship trait, just like with Intel. At 15 spec points spent, you will unlock Command Frequency. Now this is going to take away the requirement for fleet support that you be low on health it will also reduce the cooldown of fleet support by five minutes. So this is pretty neat as uh, ranking up in command will allow you to call in that, that fleet assistance, those extra ships from fleet support without being an emergency, without it being low on health, as if you were a more respected, higher ranking commander who can just call in these resources. And when, once you've spent 30 spec points, you'll get improved command frequency, which works the same as above, but reduces the cooldown by another five minutes. So you'll be able to use this much more frequently, which is pretty cool. As part of the update, the cap on specialization points will be raised from 60 to 90. So now that will allow all trees to eventually be maxed. Every time they add a new tree, the intention is that the limit on spec points will be raised so that you can get the maximum amount. Some people may have chosen not to spec some points from the existing 60 
waiting for a new tree if they didn't like the existing one, so they'll have a jump, which is pretty cool. There are a, a wide variety of both ground and space abilities on here, some of which are pretty neat. We'll talk about a couple of our favorites in just a moment, but first let's also talk about the command bridge officers. Elijah? Well, actually, before we go into the command bridge officers, how have you been doing on your own personal spec points? Because I just now completed pilot and have not invested any spec points into either commando or intelligence. So I guess my question is, what is the range for players right now? Like, how many people are in my shoes where I've only maybe done one, which is the secondary? And how many people have spec points to spare at this point? Like, because I do go in the game daily to do something, right? And I at least run an STF at least once a day. One or two STFs once a day. So what? I wonder what the vision was for cryptic in terms of players earning spec points like what is that fine fine line and what is that balance like because i did not invest anything in intelligence i wanted to save in something like commando but now commando's about to come out and i'm gonna have to kind of grind and churn for that so admirals here's our second community question for this week where are you on the scale of specialization skill points have you filled all the trees up by now or are you like me where You've just about hit the end of the first tree. Tell us your experience with earning points in the comment section for this episode on PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO205 or in the forum post for this episode on the official Star Trek Online forums. I still have one left in Pilot. I have not filled it all up yet. I think I still have one left as well, but I haven't invested anything in intelligence. And so here's Command Officer. I want to start thinking in that direction, but I'm curious... At what rate are people earning specialization points? Moving on, we also have command bridge officers that are coming with the anniversary event. As promised, we're now seeing the second wave of new bridge officer specialists with unique abilities for both ground and space. These abilities, both ground and space abilities, are very team-oriented and grant buffs specifically to your allies. Now, we won't go through each of the new bridge officer abilities. For that, head over to the blog post on the official Star Trek online website. Links, of course, will be in the show notes. Now, how does this tie in with the new bridge officer training? Right, Because according to the blog, once granted the command officer specialization, training manuals for rank 1 and 2 command abilities will be available for purchase from any bridge officer training store. Rank 3 abilities can be unlocked by advancing in the Command Officer Captain Specialization Tree and then created using the new Officer Training R&D School. So I'm a little confused now. I can now train a non-specialist boff with specialist abilities? That's correct. So I have a boff that I got from a random mission or through leveling up, and I can train that non-intelligence boff or that non-command boff with an intelligence or command ability? Exactly. That's where you use the manuals that are specialization qualifications, which will unlock that spec for that bridge officer and train them in a basic suite of ground and space abilities. And they can learn multiple specializations just like your captain can and only have one active at a time. Now, in the chat, Brian says that kind of kills one of the Delta Pack perks. Which perk? And then... Totally Not a Dev says, once you've earned sufficient points in the new command officer or intelligence officer captain spec. Right. 
We talked so about that when to... we went over the bridge officer training changes. You have to have 10 skill points spent in order to unlock crafting a spec manual. Brian says the three intel buffs. Yeah, I guess it puts them kind of, it, it undervalues the Delta pack that was sold, right? Because you got these three awesome intelligence bridge officers. I don't know that I'm like really upset about that. I don't know that that's going to keep me up at night, but I don't know. I, I don't see why I would, now at this point, the, the flexibility is endless, right? I don't need a, an, an intelligence bridge officer. I don't need a command bridge officer. I just train those abilities to whatever bridge officer I have currently. So, But Orangita says, don't they have three superior traits, which is different from when if you just went and bought, bought one? Oh, true, true. So, yeah, yeah, okay, I could see that. Some of them are really nice boffs regardless. You may not want to train an ability to one of your existing boffs because the traits, the inherent passive traits of that new command or intelligence boff may actually be handsome, and you may want that. An example of something like that would be... Um, you know, the Romulan subterfuge trait. You know, those types of passive traits you want on your bridge officer. But on what ships will these new command buffs be allowed on? Well, in a short Q&A at the bottom of the blog, it explains, in order to utilize command officer space abilities, you must be flying a starship that has a hybrid command officer bridge officer seat. They are not usable in a universal profession seats or existing intelligence specialist bridge officer seats. The lineup of starships that will have hybrid command officer seats has not yet been announced, but keep your eyes on our website for those announcements. So, Cookie, the winter event is over, and I know that makes you sad because you had a blast, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm really going to miss it. The ice skating especially. Elijah and I got to compete in the ice skating competition during Smirk's Winter Carnival Twitch livestream, and it was so much fun. I hope that someday they will make it so that we can ice skate on Andoria all year round. That's a good Wouldn't idea. That be fun, Elijah? Oh my god, that would be we could, so exciting! We could do our ice skating routine anytime I wanted. Anytime you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and that reminds me. Nerve Tonic news! Nerve Tonic does not work if you slot it in your tray first and try to activate it from there. It will still take it away from your stash, but you won't get anything from it. It just disappears. I learned that the hard way during our ice skating routine. That was supposed to be my finale. I put it in my tray thinking, okay, quick, easy access. Just click it. I kept clicking it. It kept deducting. But no nerve tonic dance happened, so you gotta go up to your inventory, right click and use for it to actually work. So you guys you guys weren't in TeamSpeak as that was happening, but this is what I heard. Why isn't the nerve tonic working? Why isn't the nerve tonic working? How dare it? A routine has failed! A routine I was not British, ruined. first of all. Ruined! That's what happened. That was that was sad. But Fortunately, no one knew that that was supposed to be the finale, so it probably just looked like we were done. Anyways, the one thing I will not miss about the winter event is attempting to start the daily race fastest game on ice. So you go, you talk to the race coordinator, and then you run to the race official. You try to wait your turn in line, but there's a constant flow of people budging in front of you. Then you change instances in hopes that there will be less people, but nope. There's still a crowd of people. So then you just, you're just having to keep waiting until no one is around. Then, just when you think you're alone, 
you pressed the button to enter the race, and whoops, someone ran up behind you and queued it right after you, which then disqualifies you and not them, which only promotes that rude behavior. So then you have to go back up to the race, Breen, and queue it up again and do the whole thing all over again. That happened to me far too often. Sometimes it happened like five times in a row. I will not miss that. I know the situation has improved compared to years past, but there must be a way to only let one person click that button at a time. I mean, they do it with the grab the flag races, so I'm guessing there must be a way to do it, right? Yeah, there's a little timing goof with that where the second person, like I definitely see my character wave and then a second person waves and I'm like, oh, I know I'm beat now. Yeah. So annoying. So I had a sad panda moment this week. Oh, yeah? I did. I have experienced the new fraudulent activity feature that Perfect World introduced several months ago for all their games. So what had happened was over the holiday break when they were having the sale, I purchased Zen through Steam. And everything went smoothly. I was able to purchase it. I got my Zen. I went into the game. And then I took advantage of the Zen sale, which was the Master Keys and a few other things were going on. Right? There was a Zen and then also Master Key sale. So I buy the Master Keys. And I'm sitting on the Master Keys for a, 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 quite some time. Right? I was holding on to them so that then if I needed to trade them for whatever reason, I'd be able to do so at my leisure so last week i get into the game and i go to trade the master keys only to discover that they are bound to my account so i think to myself what the deuce and i start asking around and i start you know questioning hey why would my keys be bound to me uh, to which uh, a community member linked me to the fraudulent activity thread that introduces this new feature on the forums, right? So I, I read through the forums and I'm like, okay, well, I didn't get a warning, right? I didn't, I, I bought, I, everything went through without a warning. Supposedly, when you buy the key or when you buy an item from the C-Store, you are supposed to be warned that whatever you buy will become bound to account. And not only will that item be bound to account, but it is contagious. So therefore, you buy a master key that is bound to account. You open a lockbox, you get a ship, you want to sell that ship or you want to trade it. No, 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 no. You can't do that either because that became bound to your account too. So I am stuck with a set of master keys that I cannot sell or do anything with. Sure, I can open up a box and maybe get some low buy, but I cannot trade them or trade whatever I get from the lock box. And I think that's poo-poo. Now, I appreciate the fact that there is a system in place to flag fraudulent activity. But the forum also says that if you are an established purchaser of Zen, you're less likely to get flagged. However, there is the possibility for false positives. I get it. No system is perfect, and no system is ever going to be 100% spot on. But I went into Perfect World's customer service portal on the website and reported the issue, to which the game master diligently 
linked me back to the forum post that I was already familiar with. What did that solve, though? Nothing. It didn't solve anything. So I replied back and said, I'm sorry, there may have been a confusion. I didn't get a warning, and nothing popped up. Nothing flagged me. I didn't get any notification that I had been flagged. Can you please tell me why I was flagged? Like, what did I do? What was different about this purchase in the five years <laughs> that I've had this account? Oh, there we go. That's the stuff. Sorry. But what was it about this purchase in the five years of having this same account <laughs> that would flag it all of a sudden? And again, I got replied back with a cookie cutter response without an answer to the question. Because my concern is, okay, well, moving forward, is this going to keep happening to me? Am I going to... Yeah, you're not going to want to buy anything if that's going to keep happening. Right, right. Now, maybe I missed the message. Maybe I missed the pop-up. And if I did, then you know what? The pop-up needs to be like that of the crafting system. When you go to craft something and you're not really yet at that level where you should be crafting that item, there should be a warning. You should get an email that says, hey, your account has been flagged for fraudulent activity and you are on that 10-day probationary period. If you buy something from the C-Store, be aware that it's going to be bound. But I didn't get an email. I didn't get a pop-up. I didn't get any notification that I had, gone on, I had been on probation. I bought my items from the store, assuming that everything went perfectly fine. So now I am sitting on master keys that I can open and maybe I'll be fortunate enough to get something that I really, really want. You know, at the very least, I'll get some lobby, but I don't want to open up boxes. I want EC so that then I can buy superior tech upgrades to upgrade my equipment. But alas, I cannot do that. So there's nothing I can do, right? There's nothing to take away from this other than I really wish that Perfect World would institute and include a very, like, big wah, 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 fraudulent activity. Here's an email. Here's a pop-up message so that players can be made aware of what's going on and not be stuck with a purchase that they can't do anything with. Um, I think at the very least, that would be that would be very good. So are you stuck with those keys? Yeah. Does this make you not want to buy anything else? Well, it makes me concerned. Yeah, it makes absolutely makes me concerned about buying Zen. I mean, I don't want to go through this and, you know, oh, I'm going to buy master keys so that then I can get EC or whatever the heck I want to do with my master keys. If I'm under the impression that the master keys are going to be tradable or as they are intended, then that's what I want. And if there's going to be a probationary period, then there needs to be, again, a message, an email that tells you clearly, hey, your account is on probation. Hey, if you buy this item from the Zen store, it's going to be bound to your account. Not fine print. I want what is happening, what we, what we have now and even in the, uh, in the crafting system. So that's Elijah's rant for episode 205 of Priority One <laughs> Podcast. If you've experienced something like this, how did you handle it? Let us know in the comment section for this episode on PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO205 or in the forum post for this episode on the official Star Trek online forums. Let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Hello, guys. Tiberius at BoardUnimatrix01 here. First off, let me tell you guys how much I enjoy your show and appreciate the massive commitment that you put into it. 
You guys brighten up my Monday evening drive home from uni, and depending on the length of the show, Tuesday morning commutes as well. In response to your community question, what are your thoughts on the new bridge officer training system, and what abilities are you looking forward to training the most? My initial reaction was of cautious optimism. However, once I fully understood the massive opportunities that the new system would open up for my bridge crew, I threw caution to the wind. I am absolutely psyched about the new capability to train existing officers in the various new specializations. I have a custom Hyrogen science bridge officer who would really benefit from some of the intelligence ground abilities, i.e. tripwire drone or frictionless particle grenade, you know, hunter stuff. Also, the new command specialization would go well with both my first officer and my operations officer, just to give them a little more personality, if you will. All the buffs so far have been just a species, a quality, and a career. This will now give us the ability to make our favorite bridge officers unique, something we have not had access to before, and I can't wait to start experimenting with this new customization option. Live long and prosper, Priority One crew, and get well soon, Elijah. Tiberius out. Well, thank you, Tiberius, for reaching out to us and leaving us a voicemail for episode 204. Thank you so very much. You know, one of the things that I am excited for, like he is, is to be able to train the vanity bridge officers, right? Like the Herogen or the Liberated Borg or the Brain, right? That these are these are bridge officers that could never have been traded before to be trained by another captain. Uh, and now here is that opportunity to do that, to give them that ability that you've wanted them to have and couldn't have. Now you can slot it and start using them again. I dig it. I love the voicemails. The voicemails are fun. I absolutely love hearing the voices of our listeners and being able to engage with them. Now, do you guys have any boffs that you've been kind of, that have been collecting dust that you want to try to train up and start using again? Yeah, my liberated Borg pre-order bridge officer, which I used for a long time as my chief engineer past a certain point, I couldn't retrain her in some of the higher level abilities since I'm a tactical captain. So she's been back in her regeneration nook. Is it gonna like clear all of them so that it's a fresh start? No, but when you train them in new abilities, they'll get them in addition, and then you can switch between the ones they used to have and the new one. It's just new ones will cost more and more to train. I'm looking forward to the system. I think it'll definitely liven up the the system. And that feedback from Tiberius was answering last week's community question about your thoughts on the new bridge officer training system and what abilities you're looking forward to training most. Cookie, why don't you take our first written feedback? On the Star Trek online forum post for this episode, Zillisfell writes, Based on what I've seen on Tribble, I like the new training system. It may not be exactly what everyone wanted, but it's largely the kind of boff training system that players have been asking to be implemented for years. My only concern is that currently on Tribble, rare skills that are only available from boff candidates, for example, Beam Overload 3, cannot be obtained under the new system. Once this oversight is corrected, I will be very happy with the new system. Those are going to get added into the ones you learn from your captain skill trees, I believe. Maymay2 commented on the Star Trek Online forum post for this episode, replies to the new boff training system. Yeah, except it's going to wreak havoc on the loadout system. Am I really the only one not avoiding the elephant in the room? What do you think is going to happen when you switch skills on the fly with a click of a button? At the very least, that boff's ability will be removed from the tray removed if it was remembered in the first place, that is, and what happens when you load a loadout with bops and their specific abilities, and several or all bops had one or more abilities swapped out earlier. Really? Am I the only one seeing the problem here? 
Well, definitely not. I've seen this raised by other people as well. No, Maymay too. Remember, we're going to have a segment just dedicated to the loadout system. <laughs> <laughs> and with respect to our Captain Smirk interview last week, Captain Smirk being the community manager for Star Trek Online, Jackal1701 APW writes on the Star Trek Online forum post for the episode, I listened and looking forward to things in store for 2015. I had never heard Smirk before in that kind of interview environment, and he sounds genuinely enthusiastic about upcoming features. Definitely made me excited. Alt-love, awesome stuff. New systems to train boffs, awesome. David Desjardins posted on PriorityOnePodcast.com. For me, I've never been concerned about the ongoing future of the game, but rather on the direction Cryptic is taking. The changes have had an effect, at least, with people I used to play with. Things are reforming, but it's a shame so many I knew left. Hearing that they have a solid plan for the next year and that Smirk can't wait to geek out and tell us is very reassuring and exciting. Who knows, maybe this may be the catalyst to get them back in the game. Moving on to some general feedback, Ravine commented on the Star Trek Online forum post for this episode. First, I'd like to say I enjoyed Cookie and Elijah's doubles performance, caught it on Twitch. The use of the gumdrop smoke bombs was genius. Kudos. Secondly, Cookie, don't pay any mind to Skiffy. Don't worry, none of us do. You continue to do the R&D school how you're doing it. No one has time to sit there and babysit projects. Ain't nobody got time for that. Doing the daily may not be the most efficient way, but it is the best way. Couple tips. Level them all to 10 first. Should take two rounds. Be sure to include beams and ground weapons in the first round. Use the extra slots on the second round of getting schools to 10 to get beams and ground weapons to 15 and your choice on however many slots are left. That's very similar to how I did it actually. And I have just one, I think, um, yeah, I have just projectiles at 13 now and everything else is at 15 and above. Took a while, but it worked. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take all the advice. Um, I kind of, I was kind of waiting before I started too, just to make sure all the bugs were fixed. Bugs? <laughs> what bugs? Come now, cookie cupcakes. <laughs> so, but as far as the uh, ice skating, yeah, that was that um, gumdrop smoke bomb costume change was Elijah's idea. Oh actually. wow! We had one outfit to start. And then he set off the bomb, and we switched outfits to our doubles costume. It was beautiful. <laughs> it was a stroke of absolute genius. It was genius. It was inspired. <laughs> Saroncer commented on the Star Trek Online forum post for this episode, still chewing through the video on demand of the live stream. But thank you, everyone, for doing it and sharing it. I've been preaching most of it for a while now, but I managed to pick up a few nice tips as well. Completely overlooked the aux equaling offense Nukara trait. I didn't realize it was bonus damage. Yeah, that's a nice one. And it's a nice reward for not running aux to bat where you're dumping all your aux power. It's an encouragement to break out of the, the aux to bat cookie cutter, which I don't really think has been dominant for a while, but there's still a lot of people that use it. And we need to do more live streams with them. They really open my eyes to all the possibilities. And other groups as well. If you have something that you think we could benefit from and want to join us and educate us and school us, by all means, shoot us an email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Mighty Bob writes on the Star Trek Online forum post for this episode, you guys have been doing a good job on the Foley sound effects during the little story drama at the start of each episode. A lot of that has to do with the amazing creative efforts of 
Ben Churchill, our amazing audio engineer who just brings what Jake writes to life. So a big shout out to Ben and Jake. Jake for writing it and Ben for bringing it to life. So thank you so very much. Thank you very much. Now, here is one piece of feedback that was my absolute favorite for this week. It was on the Star Trek Online forums by Organic Manfred. And his feedback was, Cookie Cupcakes is a women? Shocked face. I really want to know what finally like tipped the scale where this person was not quite 100% sure, but then I, it's like... I don't know. Saw you in the live stream and was like, hey, that's a woman. I'm sorry. I don't mean to make fun. <laughs> it was just it was awesome. very entertaining. Listening to you on the show every week, it wasn't clear. But that was my favorite piece of feedback. Each week, our social media channels are busy with your thoughts, opinions, and suggestions for the show. Please keep them coming. Reach out to us on facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast. Follow us on Twitter at STO Priority One or shoot an email to us at incoming at priority one podcast.com. Well, Admirals, that wraps up episode 205 of Priority One Podcast. Be sure to catch our episodes every Monday morning by pointing your podcast catchers to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. Admirals, you know we love hearing from you. Let us know what you think of the show and submit your responses for our community question in the comments section on our site or on the STO forum post for this episode. This week's community questions are... From Trek It Out this week, should AI research be internationally regulated, or should we just trust the Frankensteins and Daniel Greystones to make sure AI is programmed to obey its flesh-and-blood masters? And from Stone News, where are you in terms of specialization points? Do you have some to spare? Have you filled all the trees up? At what rate are people earning specialization points? Let us know in the comments section for the episode on PriorityOnePodcast.com or in the official post for the episode on the Star Trek Online forums. Stay in touch with us throughout the week by following our social media websites. Head over to facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast and give us a like. Or check us out on Twitter via at STO Priority One. You can even join the Priority One podcast chat in game. Just type forward slash channel underscore join space priority one. Admirals, we want to thank you for your ongoing support of Priority One podcast. And with it, We've already hit our monthly running costs via patreon.com forward slash priority one. We are so very grateful to all of our patrons. And don't forget, even if you can't offer financial support, sharing our show with your friends, your fleet mates, your in-game friends is another great way to show us your support. And don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency podcast at guardfrequency.com, covering the ongoing development of Chris Roberts' upcoming space sim, Star Citizen. If you like this show, then listening to Guard Frequency is the logical choice. The Priority One Fleet is recruiting. If you're interested in joining, just shoot us an email with your at handle and we'll be sure to send you an invite. The email is incoming at priorityonepodcast.com. And now you can join our Klingon Fleet Division, Warriors of Priority One. Today is a good day to join. Kapla, Warriors! <laughs> And don't forget that we are hosting a contest for the best Priority One duty officer. For details on the contest, visit PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO205. You can win 5,000 Zen. Come on, Admirals. What's going on? We've got, we've only had like a few submissions. I was well, expecting to see so many more. some of them were not like so legit submissions, though. 
Yeah, some of them were people that misunderstood and, and it has to or be thought one that of we us. were. Can't be just. Yeah, it has a to be one of thing. us. It's got to be a duty officer of us. Somebody out. Come on, guys. Come on. Five thousand zen. That's that's no that's no chump change. So yeah, come on, come on. We want to see more submissions. You got until the 29th, so let's make it so. Thanks to the entire team behind Priority One Podcast, including our audio engineers Skiffy and Ben Churchill, and to our support staffers Midnight Shadow Seven and Admiral Winters. Thanks to our graphic artist Romulan Ale, and to all of our bloggers and their managing editor L. To our video editor, Jerry. And to our writer of the new prelude dramas, Jake Morgan. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Epic Gamer Radio, Subspace Radio, and Trek Radio. But most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek online community, our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage. You're listening to episode 205 of Priority One Podcast, the premier Star Trek online online oh. online podcast. <laughs> this is Bertha Long Jones. <laughs> the premier. All right. Now let's check out an attempt to save humanity from what AI. AI? Oh. Yeah, it's not Al. From a- yeah. <laughs> like, Save what? humanity from Al, Captain Gecko Rivera. You need to put it in all caps with a little dot after each letter if you're not going <laughs> to... Okay. Sorry. Just four years ago, I never would have imagined being able to talk into my phone and... Phoned? What's wrong with me? We don't have that kind of just, time. Just four years ago, I never could have imagined... <laughs> you're such a douche. <laughs> <laughs> Our AI systems must do what we want them to do. Mm-hmm. And several researchers have... Listen, sex bots are a whole different thing, Cookie. What? And s- <laughs> Hashtag robot sex. Okay, yeah, that does work there. Have you discovered something that you think the rest of our listeners would enjoy hearing about? A new advancement in science or tech that you would... Us to cover? Come on. <laughs> Come on, you know how I am. I need to be clear. This is why we start early, folks. <clears throat> Lodart. Ah, crap. It's going to be Lodart. Damn. Why can't I say Lodart? Lodars. Lodars. Lodars is what it is. Cookie, I think your name got changed again. What? We have- no! Are you serious? The dump is going on with this chat. Oh my gosh! I did not touch it. I did not touch it. It just automatically changed it back to yeah. unidentified and then number. It's because yeah, it's because Cookie Cupcakes is registered with a password. Why can't I do it? 
because you are registered. I, we'll we'll figure it out, Cookie. We have to get you Trillion. You have to get Trillion or something. And try not to sound sarcastically upset when you read this because you're upset about what's going on in the chat. No, she didn't know you were referring to her. Unidentified 62646, could you please read about the uh, <laughs> anniversary personal log? <laughs> yes. <clears throat> in a personal log posted on January 3rd. What? Just gargle with sandpaper. It's horrible. <laughs> If you watch the Voyager episode, let me just restart that. If you watch the Voyager episode. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Voyager is duplicated by a spatial scission. Scission? Scission. Yes. Is that what I said? Yeah. Is that a word? Why would you interrupt me with your uneducated... <laughs> <laughs> when I... <laughs> Obviously, I know that that is a word. Otherwise, okay, if I don't know that it's a word, I would have asked you beforehand. It's a word. That was saying? awesome. I can't even. I don't even. I can't even rebuttal. That was so good. That was beautiful. You keep it to yourself, okay? If you don't know what something means, just keep it to yourself until the person is done talking, and then it's okay to ask questions. I can't believe she. I, I got nothing. I got. I really have nothing. Thank so, you. since you interrupted me with your uneducated, I know, right? <laughs> it was only funny when she said it. You're just a douche. Yeah, that's. It's more <laughs> typical that I would say something like that. So, along with this specialization, will come a, a scaling. I just have to say, oh my god, you're such an interrupter. Whatever. I have to say, somebody has to be called a douche when Skiffy is not around. Right. Exactly. So, admirals. I'm sorry if I'm not educated enough, Cookie. Forgive me. <laughs> I was not talking about you this time. I'm just going to call this the the Sylvester Stallone Rambo addition to the game, right? Because it's all commando, command kind of thing. No? No. Maybe not? No. All right. We already Whatever. had commando. The new thing is command. Whatever. <laughs> Fine. Way to crush my dreams, Jace. Besides, okay. I thought commando was with uh, Schwarzenegger. Oh, the chat can't hear us. That's right. I didn't push the right buttons. Sorry. <laughs> just wait. I was just giving a second in case you needed to pipe in some, you know, uneducated remarks to Cookie. Whatever. <laughs> okay. Closing in three, two. Well, that wraps up episode 205. I don't know why. Is that well. Well. <laughs> This week's community questions are from Trek It Out this week. Should owl research be universally regulated or should we just trust or should we just trust the Frankensteins and Daniel Greystones to make sure Al is programmed to obey his flesh and blood masters? 